There is always opportunities in the market. So when I create a strategy for, for my clients, we know that, that we, we, we go after certain criteria and after certain decisions to make it really simple to uh, have a strategy that's working for you uh, full all the time. Let's get ready to scale. Hey guys, thanks for joining in for yet another episode. Joining me today is Ruzana Queenan. Ruzana is the president of Queenvest, a financial planning, investment management, and business consulting company with a focus in real estate and biotech. She also serves as a leader in Dave Ramsey's Smart Vester Pro program. Prior to this, she was the VP of Client Solutions for State Street Global Exchange. And Rosanna has a BA in, very interestingly enough, Romance Germanic Languages and Linguistics from Yerevan State University in Armenia, as well as an MBA in Entrepreneurship from Babson, which is right here in the Boston area. She's a volunteer at Europe as a mentor, which helps young adults obtain internships at prominent U.S. companies. And she has been a longtime VP of Public Relations for Toastmasters International. She's coming to us from Beverly, Massachusetts, which is just down the road. So thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this conversation. <laughs> ah, Likewise, likewise. So Rosanna, you have an incredible background um, and, you know, a lot of wisdom I'm sure that you can share. One of the things that I kind of wanted to just jump right into is uh, a lot of people think they have a financial strategy, they kind of have like a plan, but I think, you know, not always. And there's a lot of people out there that also say that they are, you know, um, in financial planning that may actually be very biased and have kind of their own direction that they want to drive people in to benefit themselves. I'm not going to say any names, but I know it's out there. So how can investors know if they really are working with an effective financial planner? What are some of the key components that they should see in these financial strategies that can help them feel confident that they really do have a legitimate financial plan in place? Yes, that's a great question. And that's something that I have been working on quite a bit to uh, um, understand what is it that makes me special as a financial planner and how do I provide the best value for my clients? So when you're looking for a financial planner, uh, I think even before you hire them, you probably come across the name and you do your due diligence and your research online, just like everybody does um, uh, for anything that we're looking for, any services. So first thing uh, I would recommend that uh, you look out for is, does this planner have a specialty? Uh, do they, um, do they uh, advertise or market themselves as um, um, a planner who works with a certain uh, type of a client? Because what I have uh, found in my practice is when you work with similar types of clients, you develop um, a lot of expertise and you research, you learn, you basically become this guide to your client. You, I, you can answer all of their questions because uh, you have similar clients uh, for whom you've answered these questions many times. Um, so I would definitely look out and see who is this planner for typically. Um, and then the next thing I would just, I'd definitely look at their posts and how active they are in pr really having a passion for what they do. 
And then you can also tell how they think and whether their investment philosophy or the approach to planning uh, jives with you. Because financial planning experience and uh, relationship is very personal. And uh, there is not a person who doesn't have uh, money, um, either challenges or opportunities. And money is extremely is an extremely emotional topic. So in order for you to get the help and the value for your money, you need to be open and comfortable discussing these most important sort of most vulnerable issues with this person. So having that trust, having that um, sort of feeling that this person is on your side, they're not going to judge, they're just going to provide objective advice and know really who you are and how you want to build your financial life, I think is, is key. Um, so do your research, talk to them and ask them some questions and see, and see and also watch if you, when you first meet with the planner, the first thing you should notice is what kind of questions do they ask? Do they ask about you? What your goals are in life? Uh, where do you want to be? Do you have kids? Um, do you have um, what are some of your feelings about money, even first memory of money, which I always ask. And it's a fascinating way to just really get to know a person. Or do they really just talk about your money? Because if they just talk about your money and portfolio, you, you can be sure that that's what you're going to be getting most of the time. And you may have uh, questions in your mind that you don't even bring up because the conversation is just about money. Wow, that is some excellent uh, advice. And what an interesting question. You said it was, what is your first memory of money or your first experience of money? Yes, absolutely. That's one of the first things um, I ask. What is your first memory of money? And most people will take a little bit, take a minute or two, but they will always come up with a uh, uh, with an answer. And that answer I have found is actually something that stays with uh, with a person for the rest of their lives. Um, so recently I had a conversation. I asked that very question uh, to one of my uh, uh, new, newer clients. And her response was that her first memory of, of money was uh, her um, her dad doing the bills. And it was always a stressful time. And he always got sort of... a um, frustrated and short with uh, with the family just he just didn't like doing um, the finances so that stayed with her and so now uh, she's in her 50s um, thinking about retirement she makes good money but she's nowhere close to having the uh, uh, the financial means and one thing that she said is I don't like doing bills I don't like doing budgeting and I don't know if she was aware of it, but I saw the, the direct connection. Of course, if, if, if budgeting and doing bills is something that was stressful for you in your childhood, you're going to translate it and avoid it. And it's going to have an outsized effect on how you are able to manage your finances and build financial security for yourself. Wow, Rosanna, that is very insightful, uh, very interesting. I'm going to have to actually take some time to actually think about that, but very interesting. And, and thank you for pointing that out. I think that's very beneficial for all of us to take into consideration. Now, I'm curious too, you touched on something, um, you know, I've come across some memes and things on like social media that say, you know, uh, basically a limited mindset is budgeting and then a growth mindset is financial planning or that, you know, quote, the poor budget and that quote, the rich do financial planning. So in your opinion, what is the difference between budgeting and financial planning? Yeah, that, that's interesting because I think both are necessary. So you need to, you definitely need to start with a financial plan. And there is different opinions about what a, what a financial plan is, uh, but it's basically outlining your vision, 
And I would, so it's it's two levels. First, it's just as you you want to uh, you you want certain things, right? There is a certain level of financial security and financial freedom you want to achieve. Um, so that would be so your aspirations and your dreams. But then also at the basic level, you have uh, obligations and responsibilities as a person and as a parent and, and as a uh, um, and as a child to aging parents. Um, so if you look at our lives, so we graduate, typically we graduate from college, we start a job, we buy a house, we have kids, we have to plan for their college, we have to pay for their weddings. And then, oh, by the way, then, then we need to uh, um, to do something for ourselves and, and enjoy the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years of our lives. So having those milestones really just um, in your plan and how you plan and how you want to take care of them is at the foundation of the financial plan. Um, and then, well, once you have that plan, th then you can turn to, okay, how do I finance this plan? Um, and that's where quote unquote budgeting comes in. Um, I know there is a lot in terms of, oh, um, I wanna have enough money so that I don't have to budget. It's how you uh, view budgeting. Is budgeting just really restricting and are you barely able to um, pay your bills or is it, it's basically an investment capital. I look at your income as your investment capital. So if you shift your thinking, like how much more investment capital can I have? Um, then I think you can just sort of get rid of sort of the, the negative uh, um, view of, of, of budgeting. Um, so I think just, just being aware of, um, of your money. If you're at a point, if you can just whatever you make, put, a, put away 50% towards investing in your future, then the rest of you just can t take a little bit of liberty of, of lifestyle and how you like to spend spend money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good advice. All right. Um, now, on that note, you know, if somebody is recognizing that maybe they don't really have a financial plan or they really feel like they need to improve it, how do how do you show people that actually putting together a financial plan? becoming, you know, financially free or whatever their goal may be is actually possible. How do you help people build these types of plans? Yeah, I, I like how you uh, how you phrase it. It's, it's just to have people believe that it's actually possible. Um, so what what I do typically is I follow a, a process. It's a it's a five, six step process um, to get to a point where you're you have a financial plan in place, you have your action plan in place and you just kind of uh, iterate and repeat over time. Um, so the process is for the, uh, my first meeting typically is a vision meeting. I have this worksheet that I send out to a, a person or a couple, and I just ask them to fill it out, just not thinking through goals, um, because goals can be tough to articulate. For most people, they don't have goals. They have dreams, desires, and, and sort of aspirations. But what it is in ideal world that you want um, so first we go through this process of outlining the vision and the desires. Um, then what we do is we really get organized. We, uh, coll I collect all of the financials. I take a look just to make sure uh, what are some of the pieces that are there, what are the uh, uh, pieces that are missing, and what would be the biggest sort of a benefit and value to this person uh, to move them to the next step. Um, so after that get organized meeting, we do a strategy meeting where I take all of that information and come up with a plan to say, okay, this is what you need to do. These are the assets that you need to build. This is how much income you need um, in 10 years, uh, uh, 15 years, based on the information that we have now. 
I think that's key to remember. Life is going to change. And when you put something in place, it's not put in place forever. It's until the next time life uh, life changes. But at least you have a starting point where you need, you can take um, um, these estimate for, okay, I, I need $20,000 to live on in 20 years. How do I, how do I do that? And then from then, from sort of the strategy, you can go to the investment plan. What is my portfolio going to look like? Whether it's real estate, whether it's stocks and bonds, cash, businesses, there are so many ways to build your asset portfolio. Um, and then, so basically by the virtue of having an investment plan, in knowing where your money is going, you get that certainty, you get that motivation also to, to do the right thing for your finances. And then right. you meet periodically to update the plan and um, it just grows from there. <laughs> well, and you definitely touched on um, a very important factor, which is change. Things change all the time. The uh, market has been very dynamic, especially as of late. And that definitely impacts, I think, people's investment strategies as these types of factors, you know, change uh, over time. So, you know, for example, money market accounts look very attractive right now. People weren't so interested in them a couple of years ago, nearly to the extent they are now. There's a lot of things happening in the market. So I'd love to get some of your insights into where should people be focused right now? What type of investments should they be getting into and how should they diversify their portfolio? But before we do, let's make sure that we get a word in from our sponsor. Ready to Scale is brought to you by Blue Lake Capital, where we hunt down the best multifamily investment opportunities that we can find and invite investors to join in with us. We target Class B value-add multifamily properties across the Sun Belt. Our CEO, Ellie Perlman, invests a substantial amount of capital into every deal. This means our interests are aligned with yours. If you're an accredited investor looking to expand your portfolio and diversify sponsors, be sure to visit us at bluelake-capital.com. Blue Lake Capital. Be bold, be extraordinary, and keep moving forward. All right. So, Rusana, tell us, where should people be allocating their capital to right now? Yes, excellent question. And I, I, I'm going to take this back to our strategy. And to me, the strategy is uh, um, long term, your money working for you all the time. So uh, as far, there is always opportunities in the market. So when I uh, create a strategy for, for my clients, we know that, that we, we, we go after certain criteria and after certain decisions to make it really simple to uh, have a strategy that's working for you uh, full all the time. And then based on the market conditions, you, you can tweak a little bit of, of where you go for your investments. But overall, um, if you have a strategy that you invest you know, a third of your money in real estate, a third of your money in, in the stock market, and maybe 10% of your money in cash instruments, you just keep going and keep iterating. What I would say, where you invest depends on your goals and your time horizon. I think you mentioned cash. What I like investing in, if you need liquid cash and access to cash, I, I love brokered CDs um, because unlike uh, bank CDs, uh, they are flexible and you can buy and sell them um, at any point and they offer great rates. Right now, you can buy a three or six months uh, CD at 5.35% of annual interest, which is, which is amazing. Um, the stock market, my view is when, whenever there is a dip, there is an opportunity 
Um, so I, what I recommend is diversifying your portfolio across different sectors of the market, large cap, small cap, medi medium uh, sized companies, growth and value, because you can't really um, um, predict where they are. And then finding the, the right opportunities and really say that outright for you. And that depends um, on, on your goals and your comfort level, whether you're somebody who buys properties and, uh, and rents them out or, or whether you're a multifamily investor, I would say just uh, um, stick to stick to what you're comfortable with. Um, and to me, where it's it's almost like less important where you go, where you go versus keeping consistently and just keep pumping money into your investments according to your financial plan. Speaking of financial plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good advice. Um, thank you for giving us some insight into that. Another insight that I'm kind of curious to hear from you, just simply because of what you do, um, you know, your clients work in a lot of diverse industries, right? You've got real estate, healthcare, finance, technology, biotechnology. So something that I was curious to know is, have you noticed any industry specific trends or differences in how these individuals are approaching their investments? I have absolutely. Well, I think the first difference is is really in in the person. How, what kind of how do they approach their their finances in general? But there are industry specifics that have to affect your finances regardless of what type of a person you are. So, for example, if you are in healthcare, you're a doctor, you graduate with um, a ton of debt. Um, yes, it's true that you have good salary and you have good income, but that debt can be crushing for many years. Um, so the priorities there are to allocate um, money to debt, sort of to clear out the uh, uh, sort of the, the burden, and then go uh, and then start building capital. If you're in biotech, then you are probably having stock options and. Um, uh, sort of a restricted stock option. So a lot of your capital is in incentives um, that it's that have very different um, type of an approach and, and mentality. Um, when I talk to some of my biotech clients, they say, look, I, I just rely on my income, which luckily for biotech professionals is pretty high. And then anything that comes from my um, stocks, um, and options, stock uh, grants and options is kind of is an icing on, on the cake. Um, so they they it's so volatile because biotech is volatile. You could hit the jackpot and all of a sudden your stock explodes, or the FDA some, says something and then all of a sudden your your stocks are your options are basically worthless. Um, so in that case, uh, is just making sure that you invest from your income for your retirement uh, sub, uh, cons, uh, sort of uh, consistently and then handle your options in a different way. And what I have, it's like concentration. It's how do you, how, when do you cash in? Do you keep them? Do you, so do you need, a, if you need a down payment, that's a great way to cash your options and, and pay for your house. But then you have a lot of taxes to pay on uh, on that money. So so that's just basically for biotech figuring out, um, hey, how, what do I do with this this um, part of money that seems mine and not mine at the same time? Uh, for real estate, it's completely different. Most of most realtors have very lumpy cash flow. Um, so evening out, making sure that they have a, a good um, a good way of um, having their needs met and allocate their big commission to the to the rest of the months and then also have the capital and the courage to put 
the money away for their retirement, right? So if I talk, most realtors I talk to have um, at least a couple hundred, well, the successful ones have at least a couple hundred thousand dollars in cash because of that fear of what's going to happen to my business. And this year is a, is a good uh, example of that. A lot of, of realtors I know are living off of their savings if the business is down. Um, so absolutely, I think how you make your money really... Um, really has an effect on how you manage your money and what you do with it to build wealth. Well, very interesting. So you've given us a lot of um, helpful tidbits of information so far. So think about your first experience with money and how that shapes your attitude towards it. Make sure that you actually have a financial plan in place along with a strategy and the other components like budgeting that are required to make it successful. Think about how your current um, in your current, you know, uh, career path impacts how you should be investing and the impacts it can have on that. This is all some great stuff. Now, last but not least, what I'd also like to know, oh, and wait, I can't forget one of the other one important ones, which is don't really deviate from your, your, your plan too much. Uh, you know, it's a long-term plan and make sure that you're not just chasing sporadically after all kinds of opportunities, but you're being pretty consistent with it, right, within your financial plan. So all of that is great advice. I hope you guys are taking notes at home. Now, last but not least, before we jump into the lightning round questions, I'm just curious if there are any trends or shifts with investments that are coming up that you think listeners should be aware of. I think the shift that, that is coming up for me, it's going to be this uh, adjustments towards higher interest rates. There are different opinions about well, the interest rates are going going down. I um, I read recently research from Vanguard that they're not expecting those rates to go uh, to go down. Um, so really adjusting to higher rates and what that means for your investments um, and for for your strategy. Um, I think the inflation is probably going so. If, if we get used to the inflation, then that might really put a dampener on sort of the, this uh, quick recovery in uh, the markets, um, the housing markets uh, or, the, or, or the stock market. Um, so that's the shift I'm saying. Uh, I, I am seeing just people's mentality um, around where we are economically and the expectations. And so once we adjust the expectations, then we can sort of see, see where that leads in terms of in terms of strategy. Um, so that's probably the biggest uh, sort of mental adjustment. And then the, the S&P is up uh, um, you know, over um, 8, 10% for a year, for the year. So keeping steady there. The more, uh, and then one big shift I noticed is um, there is this split between the value securities and growth securities. So last year, growth securities technology suffered considerably and, the, and value investing was where the returns were. This year, it's shifts towards growth. Um, so if you're, if you're the kind of an investor who wants to chase uh, returns, that's, that's where probably you would see short-term uh, returns and, and short-term investment opportunities. Um, and then there is always, and then what are the, some of the trends I've spoken to a lot of people who want to invest in sort of a, um, um, build to rent opportunities, which to me makes a, a, a lot of sense. So I'm doing a lot more research to see where that, where that is. Um, so life is changing all the time and the economy is changing all the time. So, uh, so um, yeah, I, th I think we're in we're a, we're a different place uh, with uh, with rates and, and, and where, where growth is. All right. Very good insights. Thank you for sharing. 
All right. Now, of course, it's time for our lightning round questions. So these are five questions that I ask all of the guests on the show. So are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. So. <laughs> sure. So I don't know how you have time for this because it seems like you're very busy as it is. But what do you actually do for fun? Well, that's an easy question. I play tennis. I, uh, whenever I can, I sneak out on a tennis court and uh, um, I compete. Um, I love the uh, I love the ability to run around, play singles, just uh, um, look at that, uh, just whack at the ball. When it's it's just very good stress release and also very social activity. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. All right, now what is something interesting that most people don't know about you? Hmm, that's a good one. So, well, I get also, so um, I know. If, I, I speak uh, um, I speak about four languages fluently, and then a couple of them just, just yeah, here and there. So I was very I was very happy when actually again with with tennis when they um, they making the presentation in French, and I could pick up like ninety percent of them. Like oh, okay, this is awesome. But uh, um, I grew up in, in Armenia, so I um, and in the I was born in the Soviet Union, so I, I grew up bilingual with Armenian and Russian. Um, then I studied Spanish for as my major in college. Um, then I picked up some Italian, some French. I studied Arabic. So <laughs> just I, I guess I know. Yes, I love languages and what it brings to me as as a person. So, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Um, all right. Now, what about as far as a book that you would recommend our listeners should include in their library? Oh my gosh, the, the, there are so many. I guess I'll. You, you know, interestingly. One of the best, uh, most impactful um, books that I've read is called uh, "Messages uh, Messages That Stink That Stick." Sorry, um, it's uh, by Dan Heath, uh, and it's an amazing book about how what you how about how you say things and how you structure your message um, makes such an such an incredible uh, difference in how people um, receive that message and how they act on your message. It's just a fascinating book about being different and being uh, really just, just thoughtful. And um, there's some e examples of even like in, the, in, in public spaces, whether you put a, a text or a picture, whether you put one person or, or, many, or many people, or how does your message uh, impact uh, the results that you get. I've, yeah, I read, I try to read that just every year and a half or so, just just to remind myself of the of the principles. Nice. All right, messages that stick. All right. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we try to really emphasize uh, here at Blue Lake is that you know, yes, we love multifamily. Yes, we love investing, but it's not just about money. It's really about building an extraordinary life and supporting our investors in doing that, as well as trying to you know implement that in our own lives. So what advice would you say uh, you'd give someone that is focused on building and living an extraordinary life? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I love, love the fact that you guys also have this um, um, focus on life because money is just a tool to get, the, to get that life. Um, what, I, don't know, I guess from my example, what, what, what has helped me, and it wasn't when I was too young, and it was when I just, just um, got a little bit more wisdom, um, it's it's really having a um, having positivity and um, self self belief, I, I think, and then just 
really trying to cut out all the noise and, and everything that all the messages that, that come at you and really knowing what's important to you, what's important to you and what makes you happy. Um, and it's taking a, just taking an approach um, to both your career and in your life. That's just more towards um, I would say just positive and um, in a way that um, makes you uh, makes you empowered versus makes you sort of, hey, I'm dragged, I'm not happy at work. It's got to be somebody else's fault. Just take that responsibility to, to, for, for yourself. Uh, t- take that um, sort of proactive approach towards, hey, does my bo- is my boss having a bad day? Like, I'm, I'm, what is it that, what is my responsibility to grow my income that, that will allow me to, to have that, that good life? And just continue exploring what is that what that life is because it's it's going to change <laughs> over time. <laughs> That's for sure, and very very good advice. I agree hundred percent. I think mindset and attitude are basically ninety nine percent of the quality of your life, and you know, uh, it, it, and thankfully a lot of that is actually in our control. So very good advice. Great. All right. Now, last but not least, Rosanna, where can people find you? Yeah, so on social media, I'm on Instagram, uh, Rosanna underscore Quinnen. I'm on LinkedIn. My website is uh, queenvestllc.com. Um, and incidentally, I'm working on a, on a short ebook that's called um, um, Making Money While You, Sle- While you Sleep, uh, 10 uh, Forms of Passive Income You Can Earn Without um, um, Leaving Your Job. So th- these are... Um, this is how I think about investing and what you can do with uh, with your money in a in a minimal investment of time because most professionals are really just time strapped. Um, so um, reach out to me on my website. You can say you can schedule a call. You can download um, the, um, the the book and um, um, yeah, I'm happy to um, I'm happy to talk to anybody who puts a uh, who puts a uh, um, a call on my schedule. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, we'll be sure to include those details in our show notes. So, Rosanna, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate having you. And for those of you that joined us today, thank you for your time. Please don't forget to like, rate, and review. Leave some comments. Let us know more about what you'd like to hear about. And in the meantime, be bold, be extraordinary, and keep moving forward. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.